0: What? College matters. What? College, College matters. matters. Really? For sure. College matters. Alma Album matters.
1: matters. The, joining the Peace Corps ha- was the best decision that I feel like I've made up until this point. I had such a positive experience. Um, of course, there's times that are difficult because you're far away from, from your family and from everyone that you know, but... I guess just to start as background. So I was an education volunteer in the Dominican Republic for mm-hmm. three years. So Peace Corps service mm-hmm. is two years long typically. And then I stayed for an extra year.
0: Sydney Dinenberg is a graduate of Georgetown University with a bachelor's degree in foreign service and international politics. Ever since high school, Sydney had an interest in all things global. She loved languages, history, and enjoyed traveling. By her own account, she did not have the vocabulary or a name to describe exactly what it was. Her teachers and her counselors told her about the foreign service at Georgetown. Sydney Dinenberg joins us today to tell us her entire Georgetown story. Now, before we jump into the podcast, here are the high fives, five highlights from the podcast.
1: I mean, looking back, I had um, an amazing college experience. Mm -hmm. What Mm -hmm. I mostly remember are just my friends and like fun, low-key times that we had hanging out together and living together and... um, all of, all of that. But then also Georgetown is really sort of where I developed my interest in, I guess, international studies, I'll say in general. I knew I wanted to work on something sort of in the international realm. I -hmm. wanted to learn about different cultures, but I honestly had no idea what to do with that interest. Mm -hmm. I hadn't seen many examples. Um, and I didn't really have the language at the time to explain what I wanted to do specifically,
0: right. mm-hmm. but mm-hmm.
1: I did know that Georgetown um, was known for its School of Foreign Service. There's just right. so much diversity of, of classes to take, and like I said, I felt like I, I could never choose, I could never take as many classes as I wanted to, and I always wanted to learn more languages and explore more interests. Um, First semester freshman year, actually the first class that I think I ever took was intro to international relations with um, Professor Arsenault, Mm -hmm. who's now actually Dean Arsenault, or she was last that I checked. Um, And I Mm -hmm. loved it so much. It was my favorite class. I looked forward to it every week. Um, Professor Arsenault was so engaging and like her speaking style really just – brought you in, even though it was an intro class. I think just do some internal (laughs) thinking about what is important to you and see um, how that matches up with with what's offered and also look back to your why. So at the end of the day, um, why are you interested in pursuing what you're interested in pursuing?
0: Now. I'm sure you want to hear the entire podcast with Sydney. So, without further delay, over to Sydney Dinenberg. Hi, Sydney.
1: Hi. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. So, let me start by welcoming you to our podcast, College Matters, Alma Matters. Thank you uh, so much for making the time.
1: Oh yeah! Thank you for thinking of me.
0: <laughs> well, my pleasure. Um, so, very good. So we wanted to sort of chat with you about your um, years at Georgetown and, um, you know, talk about various experiences you how you had there. And um, this is for an audience of aspiring international students, mainly, and uh, to give some sort of color and picture of what college life might be. So um, it's sort of really like doing these kind of stories and having a first person sort of a rendition of those experiences so this is fantastic thank you
1: oh yeah that sounds great
0: cool so maybe the best place is to start with maybe giving us some overall impressions of georgetown as you look back a few years now from graduating but um, w- w- what is the what are the things that sort of stick out most for you or stand out most for you
1: Sure, um, oh my gosh, It's so hard to sort of narrow it down to just a few things. um of course, you live there for four years and your whole life takes place there. but I mean, looking back, I had um an amazing college experience. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. I mostly remember are just my friends and like fun low key times that we had hanging out together and living together and um all of all of that, but then. Also, Georgetown is really sort of where I developed my interest in I guess international studies I'll say in general mm-hmm. um, and there were a lot of people there, professors and um, my like yeah my friends and classmates who really influenced me in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it was also the first time I had lived in a city and lived far away from my family. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that was definitely hard at the beginning, but I think it was really, um, I guess really key to opening to my eyes a little bit to what possibilities exist out there for yeah. jobs and just for life where I want to live and what types of things I enjoy and don't enjoy. Um, So, yeah, I mean, a really overall great experience. It's actually funny now. I live in D.C. once again. (laughs) Now Mm -hmm. I'm working and I live in a completely different part of the city. And Georgetown can be such a bubble sometimes. So Mm -hmm. you live there and you go to school there and your friends are there. And it's very easy to just stay in that zone and not really get out into D.C. So I honestly feel like I live in a totally different city now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess. So that was, I guess I would have told my younger self to to do some exploring. Um, but it is also a positive to have a little bit of a, a bubble where everything is in one place and you can feel sort of at home there.
0: Uh, let's sort of start with... Uh why you chose Georgetown, why did you make that decision to go there?
1: Sure. So, um, looking back to when I was in high school, I knew that I, like, I was very curious about the world in general. I know that sounds so broad, but Mm -hmm. I knew I wanted to work on something sort of in the international realm. I -hmm. wanted to learn about different cultures, but I honestly had no idea what to do with that interest Mm -hmm. I hadn't seen many examples um, and I didn't really have the language at the time to explain what I wanted to do specifically Mm
0: -hmm. but Mm -hmm.
1: I did know that Georgetown um, was known for its school of foreign service Mm -hmm. Um, so whenever I mentioned sort of that vague interest to adults in my life uh, I guess the guidance counselor at my school or people who knew about different schools they would recommend Georgetown to me and Um, There was another student a few years ahead of me at my high school who had Mm. gone there. So I knew that it existed and was really excited about the idea that other people shared this like sort of interest that I had. Uh Um, And then on the other hand, I just I'm from Florida. And Mm -hmm. I was very interested in leaving Florida. I wanted to (laughs) live somewhere um, where I could see seasons, um, live somewhere with a winter for the first time (laughs) um, and somewhere that just looked different. And Georgetown is very sort of, when I would think about movies of people (laughs) at universities, (laughs) there's the big old stone buildings. And I was also really excited about that. Um, And I of course was very privileged to be able to make that decision to go out of state. Um, and it was hard at the, at the end when I was choosing between Georgetown um, and the university of Florida.
0: Right.
1: Um, Cause those were my final two when I was choosing. And ultimately it was the, the foreign service component that made me, I think, end up going there. It was just sort of, I felt like it was this opportunity and I was scared to Take the make the choice to stay in state and regret having given up an opportunity to um, go somewhere that was really specialized in something that I was interested in. Um, like I said, I know that I'm very privileged to have been able to make that decision. But looking back, um, it definitely shaped where I am now. So I guess I'm glad I did.
0: Tell us a little bit about your um, interest in high school. You mentioned that you felt there was, uh, this interest in global things. Um, how did that manifest or what did you do with that, if any, and other interests that you might've had in high school?
1: Sure. So my high school, I was very lucky. I went to a great high school, um, that had a lot of different class options and mm-hmm. great teachers. Um, I was really interested in languages at the time I was, um, learning Spanish and was excited about that. And had had the opportunity to do some traveling in high school and use my Spanish. Um, so that just sort of fueled it even more. I was really Mm -hmm. into history. Um, just generally, I guess, again, I wasn't entirely sure what I wanted to do with that, but I knew that I enjoyed learning about it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I also had a very, very close-knit group of friends in high school, some of whom mm-hmm. I'd been friends with since early childhood. And mm-hmm. we all sort of shared that interest somehow. So very interested in um, traveling and learning about different places and studying different languages. And I feel that they influenced me a lot as well. We sort of fueled each other in that direction, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and that um, – I'll mention this later, I'm sure, but coming from a really, really close group of friends like that was definitely a shock when I when I got to school at first and um, didn't have that network anymore. Um, in high school, I was also involved in a lot of stuff um, like clubs and extracurriculars and things. Mm-hmm. Most mm-hmm. notably, I played tennis mm-hmm. pretty competitively at the time. I had played for – Almost my whole life and played through high school. And then I was also on my school's speech and debate team, which mm-hmm. was so much fun and one of my favorite things that I did um, through high school as well. So I had a lot of friends who are interested in that. Um, yeah, pretty busy all the time.
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely. Looks like it. Very good. So you then pack up and leave and come to Georgetown. Um, so you've mentioned a couple of things about this, but what was that transition like the first year, the academics, um, you know, moving from high school to college, from Florida to, uh, DC?
1: Yeah. Um, it was definitely a big, big change. Um, (laughs) so I, I kind of see this as too, like. Not completely separate because, of course, they're intertwined, but sort of two right. separate buckets here, like the the academic transition and then the social transition. Sure. So on the academic side, um, I have always been pretty uh, academically minded. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that it was like all of a sudden I realized that I had to study, but I, I would say that I definitely had to work a lot harder at mm-hmm. Georgetown to I guess, keep up than I did Mm. in high school as, and you're in a room full of people that not to make generalizations, but almost everyone there is equally as passionate about what they're studying and equally as interested in, um, engaging with the material. So I actually had to do all of the readings very carefully. Um, Uh and also, I sort of learned that I have to be responsible for myself. So actually asking questions in class when I needed to, making sure that my notes really captured what the professor was saying, um, and then taking time after class to actually reread my notes and analyze those things and make sure that I understood just because um, the professors at Georgetown, in my experience, are very open to be connecting with students and excited about that. But sure. especially freshman year, when you're taking some of those introductory classes, um, usually they weren't too big, but coming from high school where there were 20 kids in a class and then coming to college where there's maybe 50 there, yeah. it's a lot more self-driven, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. So if you want that extra attention, you have to advocate for yourself and ask for it. And that was definitely a transition for me. Um <laughs> And I remember during my first midterms there, it must have been like October of my freshman year or something, feeling so scared Mm -hmm. (laughs) just because there was so much information. And in high school, they would be so, um, I guess, cognizant of of making sure everything is spaced out and not trying to overload you. And in college, it's a lot more independent. Um, It is fine. It ended up being okay. (laughs) But it was definitely a transition. Um, And then, but a very positive thing I would say is at Georgetown specifically, Mm -hmm. um, there were so many class options of things that I was interested in, especially as a freshman where I didn't have such specific and niche interests yet. It was like, maybe I'm interested in learning about this region, or maybe I'm interested in this topic. And it was almost, it was almost impossible to choose uh, classes, which is Clearly not something that most high schoolers have. I certainly didn't have that. It was like you can take a history class or a science class and at Georgetown, there was just so many options. Um, it definitely made the academic part a lot more exciting. Um, yeah, yeah, and then
0: that's... oh sorry. go ahead go ahead no no go ahead
1: um just to speak a little bit to the transition, other than academics. Um, more on the social side it w- it felt very drastic coming from mm-hmm. florida to georgetown especially I, like i said i had been in the same school for with the same people for almost my entire um like elementary k-12 life um right i knew everyone and everyone came from florida it's just a very different culture and then at georgetown especially at the beginning, it seemed like a lot of people came from the Northeast and dressed the same and had similar (laughs) past experiences. And there were people who had gone to boarding schools that I hadn't heard of. And um, it was definitely a little bit intimidating at the beginning. I have a very specific memory of (laughs) um, going out with a group of friends and being the only one wearing flip-flops and everyone laughing because it was funny that someone from Florida would wear flip-flops. Of course, coming from an international setting, I can only imagine that the transition would be much more extreme. Um, But as an 18-year-old, I certainly felt the difference. Um, But I would say it it took me maybe about a year, honestly, to sort of figure out how to navigate Um, the social I guess scene at Georgetown and it's just so it it is a very diverse place um, even if it does not seem that way at the beginning and Mm -hmm. I eventually found my people um, and people who I identified with and who I could relate to. It just took a little bit of trial and error of joining different things and seeing what I liked and um, eventually finding where I fit it.
0: Your classmates and your peers, other than quite a few of them dressing differently, <laughs> uh, <laughs> what what did you think of them? Were they collaborative, cooperative? What about their, you mentioned they were you thought they were quite passionate about whatever. Yeah. Were, uh, after. Well, I'll yeah, start
1: just by saying that there are so many different types of people at Georgetown, like anywhere else. Um, sure. But I will say that in general, I I found people to be very excited about what we were doing. So mm-hmm. no matter what subject it was that that you're studying or that I was studying whatever class I was in, there was Mm -hmm. always a group of people who were just very interested and engaged. And that Mm -hmm. was cool to be around because, um, I feel that I learned a lot from listening to, to them, especially in the beginning where I didn't have a very clear idea of what I wanted to do. There were others who did or who had had experiences, um, prior to Georgetown or through some extracurricular that they were involved in um, that I could really learn from and sort of secondhand get like the passion was like contagious, um, which and was I- very, very cool. Um yeah, I would say people were collaborative. It's it's definitely um they're a high achieving environment in some ways. So Mm -hmm. everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people are trying to stand out, um, trying to, I guess, just get the most out of every class that they can. Um, but then there are also people who are, people were very interested in learning. So on the flip side, when I would go to speak, I could tell that there were people who were interested in actually hearing what I had to say, which was also really great, um, Mm -hmm. I would say it probably also depends on um, what kind of classes you're in and what kind of clubs that you get involved in. And I remember thinking at the beginning that everyone was, or everyone felt very driven and motivated, and and they were, but that's not obviously everyone's only identifier. So then later on, and I can talk about this later, but I joined the ultimate frisbee team. And mm-hmm. it was so much fun. I was not very good at Frisbee, but it was so much fun. <laughs> and everyone on the team was so um, probably also motivated and driven and passionate and, and so smart, but they were also really fun and laid back and loved to play sports and so welcoming and would just invite new people into all of their traditions and very warm Um And I think it's just, of course, everyone is multifaceted, but it was, it, it took a little bit of warming up to, I guess, in the beginning. Mm -hmm. But then once Mm -hmm. you get to know people, there's so much good to be found there.
0: So, um, you mentioned your professors earlier on. Um, so how did you generally find the teaching, um, the classes and you know their engagement with the students
1: sure so I loved most of my classes like I was saying at the beginning um, especially once you get past like the first semester where you have to Mm -hmm. take some general requirements there's just so much diversity of of classes to take and like I said I felt like I I could never choose, I could never take as many classes as I wanted to. And I always wanted to learn more languages and explore more interests. Um, So that definitely helps. But the class, the teaching style itself definitely depends Mm -hmm. on the class. There were some classes that were lecture-based where you're sitting in a room with a hundred other people and listening to the professor speak. And sometimes that is what I wanted, especially in classes that were not my strongest suit. I felt like Uh I learned better that way. And then some Uh were a lot more uh, small seminar style discussion based where everyone reads something and the class is actually just a discussion of what you've learned or an analysis and comparison to what you've learned in classes prior. And I definitely learned a lot from my peers in those cases as well. So it really depends on on what you want. Um, In terms of teachers engagement with students, I felt that almost every single professor was very open and very excited, honestly, to meet with Mm -hmm. students and would invite people for office hours or in many cases would hold coffee chats or um, take people to the tombs, which is like a classic Georgetown um, restaurant. Mm -hmm. Um, I was a little bit quiet in the beginning and This is definitely a lesson learned for me, but I was almost scared to approach the professors. And looking back, I don't know why at all. People were so um, willing to engage. But um, it – I definitely was intimidating at the beginning just because that's not something that I had done in high school or anything like that. Um, By senior year, though, I – I figured out that professors can actually be incredibly helpful outside of class too and um, would go to office hours with papers every single time that we had a paper due to have them look over it before I would turn it in or um, in economics classes, which were not my favorite at the time. Every time we had a problem set, I would go meet with the TA and that was so helpful to me. And then at the end, um, when I was choosing my next steps after college, there were a couple professors who were actually hugely influential to me and to whom I credit a large part of my decision to join the Peace Corps. Um, and mm-hmm. they were really great offering guidance and without telling me what to do. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, that added a ton of, of value.
0: Okay, so let's sort of segue to the campus life where um, we can t- start with sort of the dorms and then talk about social and cultural activities.
1: Sure. So um, I lived on campus for three years. And then mm-hmm. off campus my senior year. So I lived in a dorm called Darnell my first year. it was It's mm-hmm. one of the older dorms and is known for being the least nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know that they've done some pretty major renovations. So I can't speak to what it's like now. Back then it was um, sure. fine.
0: <laughs> um, okay.
1: But... Uh, other than other than the actual state of the dorm itself, I had such a fun time in there. Just um, you live amongst, it was the first time for me living amongst just a group of people my age and that in and of itself is really fun. Um, I had a roommate right. randomly assigned, but I know that others met online before and, and chose who they were going to live with. But then my sophomore and junior and senior year, I lived with a group mm-hmm. of friends, so we knew we wanted to live together and um, requested each other in the housing system. So we actually got for two years an on-campus apartment. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Georgetown has a lot of these. Um, at the time, they were there was one called Henley, Village A, Village B, and you would- um, be super stressed and trying to choose which one you would live in but honestly looking back it would have been fine no matter <laughs> no matter where you were and I lived with five friends um, I had my own room one year and I shared with bunk beds another year um, and we had so much fun living in the same place and it was people that we already knew that we liked and got along with and um, sometimes had overlapping classes and and clubs and things but sometimes didn't and that was a great thing because we got to meet each other's friends and learn more about what was going on and you sort of have this built-in group of people to go enjoy weekends with and um, that was a really great experience living on campus just puts you so close to everything you can go to the dining hall together and to the library mm-hmm. together and Um, go get coffee together and you learn to, we relied on each other a lot for sure. Um, and then senior year, um, we lived off campus, me and a group of friends. Mm -hmm. I think there were seven of us total in a row house right outside of Georgetown and, um, Georgetown campus is pretty small and the community around it feels pretty small too. um, when you live there. Mm -hmm. So even living off campus, it kind of just felt like an extension of, (laughs) of the same thing, but in a house rather than in an apartment. Um, and then I guess to talk about, um, some other things that we did on campus. Um, Well, we would go to the dining hall. There's only one. So you see everyone you know there all the time, especially the first couple of years when um, I was going there for pretty much three meals a day. You'd walk inside and sometimes you'd go with people and sometimes you'd go alone depending on your schedule or if you were just running in really quick between classes or if you had a while to sit and No matter what, you would always run into people (laughs) that you know. Um, The food was fine. Um, Not anything that I was specifically like, oh, my gosh, this is the best food I've ever eaten. But definitely not bad. Um, But then Uh on campus, there's also – there's something called The Corp, which is a completely student-run business from top to bottom. And they have coffee shops and a grocery store and um, restaurants all over campus. And those are other mm-hmm. places that we would hang out. Um, and there's always traditions of on, off-campus places. So, like, the one place that we always order pizza or the one place that we always go get these really delicious cookies. Um, and those traditions were fun to keep up as well. And then another major benefit, I guess, of being on campus is that Mm -hmm. the library Mm -hmm. is right there. And I am one of those people that cannot study in my room. So I was a very Mm -hmm. regular occupant of Lau Lounge or Library. It Uh was super fun, actually, at the time. Maybe fun slash stressful at the time, but all of your friends are pretty much also there. So we would just get like a big table on the second floor where you were allowed to talk and everyone would be up until super late, but you had company while you were working. And um, that was really fun too.
0: And what what kind of things did you do? So,
1: um... Oh my gosh. There are so many different things to be involved in. I'm, there's no way I'm going to do it justice, but to speak to what I was involved in. Um, so the first thing that I joined was the DC schools project. So I was doing tutoring, uh, volunteer tutoring for, um, a my two T that I worked with was a little girl. She was in the second grade family from El Salvador Mm -hmm. and English was her second language. So I did some reading tutoring in English um, to just help her keep up with her classmates. And that was really fun. I had been doing tutoring through high school as well. So it was something that I already had familiarity Mm -hmm. with. And when I got to speak with her family, I got to practice my Spanish. So I definitely got probably more out of it than she did um and there were some <laughs> fun activities around that too like when we would take the kids trick-or-treating or bring them onto campus for um different organized activities and and things like that and then i also mentioned earlier that i played on the ultimate frisbee team and yes, that was yes. one of the best decisions that i made at georgetown it was it felt completely random at the time i I was at, they have an activities fair in the beginning of the year, every year and Uh every club or most clubs have a booth so you can walk around and, um, see what's out there and sign up for email lists and get information. And I ran into someone who was on the Frisbee team and, um, I had not played ever before, but the group seemed really nice. So I showed up to the barbecue, the, get to the first day, get to know the team thing and everyone seemed fun. So then I showed up to practice and that was fun. So I just kept going and eventually being on the Frisbee team ended up being a pretty defining part of my Georgetown experience. Like so many of my friends I made from the Frisbee team and we would go to tournaments um, over weekends, a bunch in the fall. And that was a good opportunity to get off campus, but also just to spend a full weekend of bonding time with your friends um, and met people that I probably wouldn't have met otherwise that way. Um, So yeah, that was definitely something I didn't expect when I was coming into Georgetown, but I ended up (laughs) loving it. Um, Another maybe pretty Georgetown specific thing is that I I don't know about now, but back when I was there, one of the biggest clubs, if not the biggest club on campus, was called the South Asian Society. I think, and it got so huge because every year there is um, they put on a performance called Rangila, and it's all different what? styles of um, Indian dance. I can't Uh list them all there's so many and just hundreds and hundreds of people join and learn from the choreographers a little bit about the background so i participated i remember my first year i was put onto a dance called garba so i learned from choreographers Uh a little bit about what that was um and what the dance, um, meant to them. And then we learned, um, and you practice for months and months and then perform in front of an entire auditorium full of other students. And it's, it's so common, which is another thing I just found fascinating that you'd think of it as being such a specific, um, cultural event, like, something that is specific to the South Asian community, but they really expanded it to reach almost the entire student body. Every single person knew what rangila was. And I would say almost everyone I knew participated at least once. (laughs) So that was a very cool experience too. And something I wouldn't have gotten to do probably at all. Otherwise Um, I definitely learned a lot, but then other than what I did, I, I had all of my friends were involved in different things. A lot of people, do sports. And there's a bunch of different club sports teams, pretty much no matter what you're interested in and no matter at what level. Um, There's club teams, like I did club frisbee. But then also for less formal, we did intramural intramural volleyball for a couple of years, literally Mm. just for fun and played soccer. And I was terrible at it. But that was fine, because it's just to (laughs) hang out with friends and do something active. Um, And there's a ton of different volunteer organizations as well. Um, really, no matter what field you're you're interested in, there's some sort of way to contribute um, back to the D.C. community, which felt really good. Um, and then I, I mentioned the corp. I wasn't involved, but that is a huge part of Georgetown life as well, I would say. So a large part of the student body is involved in running this student-run corporation and um, – they plan a lot of Georgetown events and um, people who are involved really, really love that as well. There are not Mm -hmm. fraternities and sororities um, Mm -hmm. at all, Mm -hmm. which um, I guess could be a positive or negative depending on if that's something that you're interested in. Um, It didn't bother me that there were not, was not Greek life. I actually maybe liked it better that way um, just because it, it felt pretty inclusive Um, But then again, I don't have anything to compare it to.
0: So let's talk a little bit about your summers. How did you spend your summers, so to speak?
1: Yeah, so I guess there were three summers um, while I was at Georgetown. So after my freshman year, I went home to Florida. I was so glad to be able to spend some time back with my family again, um and mm-hmm. i worked at a in retail just a summer job and then i also interned with my local congressman that year so um it was a pretty mm-hmm. low key summer i interned like 3 days a week i think um and mm-hmm. then after my sophomore year i was looking to gain some international experience um and So many of, I know at Georgetown, there are many summer programs that you can do, like abroad in all of these different countries, Um, but they are pretty costly, to be perfectly frank, and I was not um, able to do that at the time, so I ended up just traveling. A couple of friends and I went to Southeast Asia and um, taught English for a little while, mostly just because it was an interesting way to see a side of, um, we were in Thailand at the time, of the country that you wouldn't have seen other than like in in the capital, for example. Mostly it was just excited to see and learn about a new part of the world. Um, And then my final summer at Georgetown, so after my junior year, I was in DC. It was the only summer that I spent in DC. And it was so much fun, um, because I was interning, not taking classes. So I had a lot more, um, free time after work to explore things. So you're not worried about papers and exams and readings because you're my internship at least ended with the, with the work day. So I, um, interned at a nonprofit, um, called Tavana. They were working Mm -hmm. on human rights issues. Um, and I was specifically working on, a women's rights library at the time, and also writing some case studies on um, grassroots social movements that were happening. Um, this this NGO was focused specifically on um, the Middle East, but um, I mm-hmm. was working a little bit more globally. But it was it's a small organization, and I got a lot of good experience there. Um, they I'm still in touch with the woman who was my supervisor at the time, and I'm very thankful. So then for all of the post-college guidance that they continued to give me. Um, But aside from the professional side, just being in D.C. over the summer was a lot of fun. A lot of people stay, um, even after freshman year, just because there's so much to do in D.C. There's so many places to work or intern um, that I think it's it's pretty Mm -hmm. common to stay. And Mm -hmm. I'm glad that I did it at least once. Um, D.C. summers are very fun. But I also will say that there's a pretty big pressure to be interning or be working or be doing something cool. And uh, I definitely felt that, especially after my freshman year when I just really missed home and was excited to go back to Florida and Mm -hmm. see my family. And a lot of people were staying behind to intern on the Hill or to um, do something that I felt like I should be doing. And Um, I mean, it obviously all worked out, so I'm glad that I was able to take that time to do things that I enjoyed and spend time how I wanted to, while also keeping in mind, I guess, how to, like, continue learning and growing. Um, But yeah, just everyone is, everyone is different. There are a million different ways to spend your summers, no, there's no right answer.
0: So I kind of wanted to drill down a little bit on your majors. I mean, you mentioned foreign service as something that, you know, you were interested in high school or you thought you were interested, something more international. So tell us a little bit about how that came about and also international politics um, as sort of an area of uh, yeah, sure. So,
1: like I said, I sort of had this general idea that I that I wanted to learn more about the world in general. I that's about as general mm-hmm. as it gets. But I did not know really what to do with that. So I entered as an undecided major, but I thought that I would be a mm-hmm. government major. Um, Probably mm-hmm. just because at the time when I was looking at the lists of majors, that one seemed like something I would be interested in without really knowing much about it. Um, but my right. freshman, first semester freshman year, actually the first class that I think I ever took was intro to international relations with um, Professor Arsenault, mm-hmm. who's now actually Dean Arsenault, or she was last that I checked. Um And I Mm -hmm. loved it so much. It was my favorite class. I looked forward to it every week. Um, Professor Arsenault was so engaging and like her speaking style really just brought you in, even though it was an intro class. And she just made really strong connections between sort of the more theoretical content that we were learning and reading and the world. So Mm -hmm. connecting it to current events and expecting us to stay engaged and Read the news and um, understand why we were learning what we learning what we were learning and um, pretty much after that I was I was sold that I <laughs> I needed to be in the international politics major. So within the School of uh-huh. Foreign Service, there is there's a couple of options. There's international politics, international economics, international. Health. Oh gosh, I'm probably getting that wrong. And <laughs> and one that's on science and technology mm-hmm. and international affairs. I apologize to the SFS because I probably skipped something. But reading through my options, international politics felt most closely aligned with with what I was interested in. Um without mm-hmm. um getting too specific just because I I didn't know at the time if I wanted to work in in health or in economics or in education. I, I, I don't know, but international politics was, yeah. um, I just, the classes that I took in the beginning made, like made me actually excited about what I was learning. So I felt pretty good about that choice. Mm-hmm. And then from there, once I was within that major solidly, so sophomore year and onward, when you have a little bit more of options about what you want to take. I was able to sort of drill down within there and learn more about why I was interested in sort of international studies in general and um, what within mm-hmm. that area I I was most engaged with or what I cared about the most. And that's when I discovered um, I took an intro to international development class Um that mm-hmm. ended up being a concentration. I did a concentration in international development. And I did a lot of exploration mm-hmm. about sort of history and specifically about how our colonial history has helped to shape the way that we look at the world today and learned about the connection between colonialism and and what we call development and sort of looked at the ways that we're contributing to quote unquote development now and um, how that ties into politics as a whole. And anyway, it opened a whole, a whole new window for me. So I definitely um, learned a lot and that paved the way for, uh, I guess what I've gone on to do since then.
0: So talk a little bit about that, how Georgetown has ended up shaping your career, obviously this was sort of the launching pad. Uh, yeah. There.
1: Um, so I'll start by saying that um, there, like I said, this, Georgetown is known for its school of foreign service. So mm-hmm. a lot of the people mm-hmm. who go there, so my classmates, but also a lot of the professors um, have an obviously shared interest in foreign service. And in our role mm-hmm. in the international community. Um, so I feel that mm-hmm. just being there gave me exposure to all of these different sort of career pathways that I might not even have known about otherwise. So it's not just international mm-hmm. politics, but within international politics, there there are so many different directions that, that you could take it. And I think that that sort of gave me the idea that I can um, – Build a career out of, um, I guess, what I was interested in. And it didn't just have to be some sort of hobby. So that's how it shaped, I guess, my choices in the most general sense. Um, but then also, like I said, I had a couple of professors my senior year who helped me a lot when I was deciding what to do. And um, sure. I had actually had the Peace Corps in the back of my mind as something that I'd wanted to do for a very long time, like maybe since middle school. Um, Mm -hmm. I knew what it was and thought that Mm -hmm. I wanted to join. Um, I think that I knew Peace Corps offers a very unique opportunity to experience another culture's way of life from a very up-close, intimate perspective that I don't know how I would ever get again or any other way. Um, so I sort of had that in mm-hmm. mind, but was nervous about it for, for many reasons. And also thinking about at the time, um, like my professional development, I didn't know whether that was the right choice versus going immediately into the workforce or maybe trying to join um, the Foreign Service with the State Department, or maybe trying to work in a nonprofit, or so many different ways to take it. And mm-hmm. um, one of my professors, mm-hmm. um, Professor Radner, he was, mm-hmm. um, or Professor Radalet, sorry, confusing professors in my head, um, was uh, also a returned Peace Corps volunteer. And his wife at the time was, um, I think, director of the Peace Corps in general. So I talked to him a lot about that. And another one of my um, international politics professors, when I was deciding between um, joining the Peace Corps or at the time I was also considering doing Teach for America in Mississippi, which is also a very different culture from from Mm -hmm. where I grew up, um, sort of helped me talk through what that would mean, um, what I could stand to gain from either option and what in Professor Radelet's case, like what he took away from, from the Peace Corps. And that ultimately was helped, definitely helped inform, um, my decision. And really at Georgetown, I just, I, it honestly opened my eyes to just how complex the international system is. And Mm -hmm. I, Mm -hmm. the more you learn, the more you realize that you don't know very much at all. So I, I felt like joining the Peace Corps <laughs> after that would give me a little bit of perspective.
0: So how was the Peace Corps Oh my Spirit goodness.
1: Um, <laughs> so the, joining the Peace Corps ha- was the best decision that I feel like I've made up until this point. I had such a positive Experience. Um, of course, there's times that are difficult because you're far away from from your family and from everyone that you know. But I guess just to start as background, so I was an education volunteer in the Dominican Republic for mm-hmm. three years. So Peace Corps service mm-hmm. is two years long typically, and then I stayed for an extra year and a little bit. And I was working mm-hmm. on a primary literacy project. Mm-hmm. So was working with students um, but also with teachers and community members to like support initiatives that would help kids learn to read um, more efficiently in a very low-resource environment. So I lived in a very, very small rural community on the Dominican-Haitian border. And um, I think that that experience, I mean – I don't, there's nothing compares (laughs) to be dropped in a, in a place (laughs) that's completely different where I have no ties to anyone. I did speak the language. I spoke Spanish, Um, not, not fluently, but conversationally before I got there. So that was very helpful, but to be dropped there and just completely embraced by the community almost immediately was just an amazing feeling. And I, I, learned so much from them. Um, I mean, professionally, I, I learned what development or I put the word development in quotes, but (laughs) what that sort of work looks like from up close on the ground, working with schools, um, in really low resource settings and how resourceful people are and, um, like how intertwined, schools and politics and social situations and family um, situations and how I I just learned a lot in that respect, but also just as a person, um, how to be more generous and accepting and um, open and learned that my way of doing things is never going to be the, the only way and certainly never going to be the best way. Um, of doing things. And um, right. I think that that lesson is something that I will carry with me for the rest of my life. But um, speaking professionally, again, I, I was working, like I said, in primary education and quickly realized, I mean, it's not uh, it's not the be-all, end-all. Of course, all issues um, are systemic. So you can't work on education without working on health, without working on livelihood, etc. But I just realized that I love working in education. I love working with kids. I think that personally, Mm -hmm. it feels like one of the most important ways that I can be contributing is um, specifically by working on issues in early education, um, especially as related to equity and access. Um, A lesson that I am taking back to the States with me, um, importance of involving equity considerations in every single program or policy design that, um, I am working on now. Um, anyway, I was there for two years. I loved it so much. I had really great friends, um, and felt really good about the, the work that I was doing. I was working on the first library in the community and starting up the first preschool in the community. And, um, partnering with teachers on some reading initiatives that we were getting started in our school. We did a spelling bee. I was just honestly having a blast. It was so much fun. And um, the kids were great. So wanted to stay another year. Um, I stayed on as volunteer leader. So Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I was coordinating the region of about 36 volunteers at the time, and then was also working in um, the district office. So the school district um, in the, my region of the Dominican Republic and that was also fascinating um seeing sort of how decisions are made and how resources and and policies make their way from from the ministry of education to the district offices down to the schools definitely learned a lot there as well although i wouldn't uh-huh. say i enjoyed it as much as being <laughs> working with the kids um so that <laughs> really made me figure out okay i i liked learning about international development and what that means. Now I realized within sort of the development sphere that I wanted to focus (laughs) on issues around education, more specifically early education and how to make that more equitable in general.
0: Let's sort of uh, come back to Georgetown and I just wanted you to reflect a little bit and, you know, talk about what, if you were given the chance to redo your four years at Georgetown, what, if any, would you do differently? Um, Yeah,
1: Um, that's a really great question. Um, I (laughs) would say, honestly, um, less, I would focus less, any, anything that I would do differently I think is less about the academics because Mm. I think it was so important for me to do that exploring at the beginning and trying different things and figuring out what I was, what I was interested in. But on the more, um, just social or general life side, I would Mm -hmm. say I, I would Mm -hmm. tell myself to be less scared, um, about trying new things that just seemed completely out of line with what i was doing before. So i remember walking around the activities fair in my freshman year and like oh i shouldn't join this sport because i've never played before or i don't have anyone to go with and i think that it's so important to just go in being completely open and being willing to take those risks and not being so scared um because the worst that will happen is that you'll try something new and then you won't like it and then you'll move on. <laughs> but that's what college is for. And exactly. everyone else is also scared. Um, and maybe you'll find something that you love. So I, I did eventually um, get to the point where I could take those risks. But i it, it's a good le- lesson to learn early. Um, and then I, I mentioned this earlier, but I would also say that I would try to put less pressure on myself. So thinking about what clubs I should be joining and what classes I should be taking based on what everyone else was doing or what I thought would be important for me professionally or, and I would just focus on doing things that looked cool um, or things that I thought I would like Mm -hmm. Um, because Mm-hmm. everyone is different and it might seem like there is one path towards or even five paths <laughs> towards being a successful graduate. But I mean, there are infinite different ways to make it there, even though it didn't seem like right. it at the time. Um,
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I guess yeah, what else? one
1: more um, is just, I wish that mm-hmm. I had explored DC more. So Georgetown can be kind of a bubble, uh-huh. like I said, so, we had a tendency to just stay there. So all of your friends live there and you go to each other's houses and you go to restaurants in Georgetown and you walk around on M street. And I, I loved Georgetown. It was such a beautiful place to live, but DC has so much to offer in so many different neighborhoods, um, and different like areas, um, points of interest that, we just didn't explore part of that is because the public transportation system into like Georgetown doesn't have a metro stop and Uber did not exist when I when I was right. in my first few years. So <laughs> just logistically made it difficult. But I would tell myself to um, get over that and <laughs> take the bus and go see more of the city because it really does have a lot to offer.
0: Okay that's a good sort of lead into what kind of advice or counsel you would have for students applying to college and maybe looking to come to Georgetown.
1: Um, I guess in addition to what I've just said about not being afraid to, to take risks and like actually taking time to think about what's interesting to you rather than what you think should be interesting. um, I think just do some internal (laughs) thinking about, what is important to you and see um, how that matches up with with what's offered. And also look back to your why. So at the end of the day, um, why are you interested in pursuing what you're interested in pursuing? And what do you hope to be able to contribute back to the world um, using that that interest? And I guess, in college applications, if you're if you're writing about something that you're actually interested in, then that will come through and people will be able to tell.
0: Mm-hmm. So we are nearing the end of our podcast. At this time, I generally like uh, to ask what else you'd like to share, any fond memory, expand on something that you've spoken or touch on something that or talk about something that we haven't covered at all. Um,
1: fond memories. Oh my gosh, that's so hard. Um, I mean, some <laughs> some of my favorite memories, um, like the the big ones that I really remember, are like um, some of the Georgetown traditions. So Georgetown Day is. Um, maybe it's maybe the biggest day of the year for georgetown students it's in the spring Mm -hmm. um the year is almost over but finals haven't started and it's finally warm out and everyone is just outside all day and it's like carnival games and um music and everyone you've ever met from all of your classes and your dorm and different clubs they're all out and about and having different events and um it's just so much fun um you look forward to it every single year and I definitely miss that. I know people who've gone back every year and there's a similar thing at homecoming Georgetown sports aren't huge, but they still have a big homecoming tailgate Mm -hmm. and there's the same, um, eighties cover band that plays (laughs) pretty much every year and everyone dresses (laughs) up and goes and dances in the parking lot. Um, and what else? Um, Oh, tombs. I did mention tombs earlier, but it's like a Georgetown staple. You can't go to Georgetown without going to tombs pretty much weekly. Um, And when you turn 21, there's all sorts of traditions where they put a stamp on your forehead and you go in with all your friends. Senior year, there's something called the 99 Days Club where Mm -hmm. you have to go to tombs 99 days in a row. Um, I didn't make it, but I had many friends who Uh did. But honestly, some of the best (laughs) memories were just... Like like I said, you live with your friends. So you wake up on Sunday and you can all have brunch together or it's snowing outside and you decide you want to go sledding or just all these random um, fun memories that come about just by virtue of living in a a safe and nice environment and having people that you like um, around to share it with. And yeah, I guess I just... I'm glad, I'm, I'm really glad that I went there. I had a very positive experience and I would wish the same for anyone else who's aspiring to go to Georgetown too.
0: Fabulous. So Sydney, this has been uh, a very exciting conversation. Uh, obviously a great experience and thanks for sharing it in such great detail. So I thank you again and would love to talk to you some more in the future, but for now, All right. Thank you so
1: much.
0: Have a good one. Hi again. Hope you enjoyed our podcast with Sydney Dinenberg about Georgetown University. If there is a theme that runs through Sydney's college years, it is international. Foreign service was her calling. Her campus activities were diverse. Ultimate Frisbee, Garba with the South Asian Society, and intramural soccer. She spent a summer after her sophomore year in Thailand teaching English. After graduation, she joined the Peace Corps and spent three years in the Dominican Republic as an education volunteer. I hope Sydney's story inspires you to research Georgetown University for your undergraduate pursuits. For your questions or comments on this podcast, please email podcast at almamatters.io. Thank you all so much for listening to our podcast today. Transcripts for this podcast and previous podcasts are on almamatters.io forward slash podcasts. To stay connected with us, subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, or visit anchor.fm forward slash matters to check us out. Till we meet again, take care and be safe. Thank you. College Matters. Alma Album Matters. matters.